What's up, everybody? It's Dub Dub DC 21 Week. I'm your host, Peter Weedham, on the Compulsive Podcast. I'd like to start by apologizing for the audio quality on my voice in this episode. I had a few technical glitches. Uh, we are going to be talking with Leo Dion, a friend of mine, and we are going to be looking at the keynote in this episode. And then later on, you will want to switch over and listen to the Empower Apps episode where we talk about the State of the Union. Hey, Leo, uh, would you like to uh, introduce yourself to the audience for those who don't know who you are? Yeah, thanks, Peter. I'm honored to be on the show. I uh, really love Compile Swift and really glad to be on here. You've been on my show a few times, EmpowerApps.show. And it's really great to be on this special day to talk about uh, just this keynote uh, and this this event this year. I've been doing development in the Apple space for about 10 years and love doing development in Swift. Uh, not just iPhone, but Mac, Watch, uh, iPad, server side, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about this year. My my brain is swelling with uh, <laughs> all the all the data dumped today. So I'm really excited to get the, get this get these episodes out, and uh, I'm really glad that you're going to be coming on my show to talk about the State of the Union later. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. It is, and I'm so glad that you had this idea because I was thinking to myself, you know, oh, I I could sit and talk about you know what took place today, but it's so much more fun to discuss it with somebody else, and uh, people probably I, I'm certain that listeners and and that are. Compile Swift and if will know of you because you make one of my applications that I use that I'm always talking about, which is the Speculate application, which uh, I just you know I, again it's like oh my god why why would you not use this right so so I, I'm sure people are familiar with it but I'll put a link in the show notes they should definitely check that out. Thank you, thank you. I I was hoping that this week I can get in app purchases in. Because I want to start putting it in the store for free and then, you know, do the freemium model. Um, but I'm just, I've been distracted this week, as you may imagine. So, Oh, yeah. I, I think it was, I, I, I forget, I was I was talking to someone on a live stream. Um, it was either last night or probably the night before. And uh, we were saying, like, you know, probably everybody's desperately trying to clear their, their, clear the deck, right, to get everything out this week. Focus on right. WWDC, and then it happens, and you're like, "Well, I wasn't expecting this much, so now I'll try and deal with it." So, yeah. you know, let's let's go ahead and dive in. Um, so we've got the keynote, you know, to talk about here, and let's just start with general impressions. You know, how, how did you feel about the the keynote this year? And first of all, you know, because you and I have spoken about it before, how do you feel about the format? following on from last year was kind of the, the virtual approach. Right. I, I like this format. So I've never been to, have you ever been to WWDC? No, no. And in fact, ironically, yeah. like last year was the first year that I really thought I'm going to try. You yeah, know, same then, here. You know, same here, happened. right. So yeah. I like this format. Um, I think it works really well because it's a lot of info and being there live. Like I like meeting people. I like that. But as far as like, like actually getting the info and getting it in a, in a decent amount and having these presentations and videos, I, I know at least last year they were a lot more trimmed and like concise. 
Um, I really like that. So I'm hoping like this year it follows that same format even and even more refined in a lot of ways. So yeah, I mean, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think, you know, I do miss the, the opportunity to, you know, to get to see people and just seeing people gather at the event. But I feel that these videos and the way they do this actually enables me to focus more on what they're, they're telling me. Right. You know, and, and because I feel that we don't get all of the marketing stuff at the beginning that you do when it's the live event, because there's no journalists there. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there wasn't a lot about like app stores, Apple store sales. There wasn't a lot about, you know, eco-friendliness or diversity. Like it was like all like, not that that thing's bad. It's just like they really dived deep dived into like these topics and talking about like, okay, here's the new features in iOS 15. And it was just like right into it. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I, so just my general thoughts are like the last two years, there've been like big stuff. Yeah. I feel like this year it's a lot of stuff, but there's no, like, I didn't think, well, there is one big thing, which we'll talk about much more developer focused. We'll talk about next, but there's nothing like a big consumery like this year. That's going to affect people. Like two years ago, it was Swift UI and last year it was big Sur and Apple Silicon. And I don't feel like this year had that like big thing, but it had a lot of stuff. Certainly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This year, you know, after I'd seen the keynote and the, the, you know, the state of the union, um, I, I was left feeling that it's it's actually kind of what I was hoping it would be, and if, if I've got it right, which is it's a progressive year, yes. you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's dialed down on the stuff that's in there, give us some new things, but really take a year to settle in all of the massive features from last year. Now, there's good and there's bad to that because, of course, you know, as developers, every year we expect things that are going to, blow our mind in some massive way. And I don't know that we necessarily got that massive thing this year, but I think once we start getting the sessions and diving into the details, we're really going to appreciate things like all the extra APIs that we'll talk about and that kind of thing and realize that they really did give us a lot of the under the hood, which is really where it matters for us. Right, right. Well, let's, you know, let's get right into it. So they they started off iOS 15, like they kind of, they had like their four main themes, right? Staying connected, finding focus, using intelligence and exploring the world. Uh, and the bulk of staying connected was FaceTime. Like that was it. And I, I was watching this and I'm like, oh, cool. Spatial audio, voice isolation, like all that stuff that like, I feel like, yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. But, like, that's not the reason people don't use FaceTime. The reason people don't use FaceTime is because they're in front of a PC or they're on they're talking to a friend on Android. And then they go, they go, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, FaceTime's going to work on Android and Windows. Like, I assume, like, in browser. And I was like, well, that, okay, that's a feature. Like, now I'm going to start using it. You know, we're doing this call here on Zoom. Um, but, like, other than, like, recording, obviously. But, like, uh like FaceTime, like I can actually do conferences. I can set up links. I can share that. That's a feature. Nobody ever goes, oh, 
Zoom sucks. It doesn't have spatial audio. Like that's not, that's not a thing, right? Like, yeah, like it's nice, but, um, but, but like the stuff with, with compatibility so that other people can use it. Now, the question that I have is like, I thought FaceTime is like a layer on top of messages, which I don't think it, it probably isn't because why don't they have messages? Well, for uh, besides business and marketing reasons, why don't they have messages on Android and Windows if they're doing FaceTime and Android and Windows? You know, that's kind of the question that I had. Because technically, I would assume that they're kind of both on the same like networking layer or something. I don't know. I probably don't know what I'm talking yeah. about here. But does that make sense? It does. Because as you were saying that, I was thinking back and it reminded me it was either last year or the year before. And I remember there being some talk. Like, you know, not just rumors, but serious talk about the, what I think was iMessage back then, um, coming to Android. And that's when, you know, I thought, okay, you know, great. That, that's what we need. So I was surprised when they, you know, pleasantly surprised when they said about FaceTime today. But I thought, you know, yeah, th they need to do that because the problem is, the, the reason I've never used it, and I think I've made like one FaceTime call in the entire existence of it, is because a lot of the time I'm talking with people that are on Android devices. And, right. and that's my cat. Or right for there. another PC or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And, right. and like you say, so we jump to a third party like, you know, Zoom and things like that. But if you, you know, if they can give me the features that we love, things like shared clipboards and, and all that interoperability that we have on the Apple platforms and now allow me to channel some of that into a FaceTime call, then now we're talking serious contender for something other than just, you know, hey, kids, you know, something yeah. like that. It's and I like, like you can actually do a link to a meeting, uh, kind of like what you can do with Zoom. Like there's a lot, there's a lot going on there that I think is just going to make it a lot more usable to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it plays a lot into what the theme is this year, at least how it feels, which is, you know, tweaking those for the things for the consumers, pulling back and saying, you know, and I'm sure in the, in the coming days we'll hear people say this, oh, Apple's just doing a lot of the things that third parties already do. And yes, that's true. But the fact that it will be integrated into the system means the more people are likely to use it because it'll be there and they will do it that way. Not everybody thinks like a power user or a developer and you've got third-party tools for this, that, right. and everything else. And that's always been the key. It's very interesting, this feeling that Apple is putting in where that share sheet is becoming so important across so many applications that if right. your app doesn't support that, you, you're going to be losing a major percentage of the average user, right? Right, right. Yep. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think, like, there's something, like, wrong. I don't know. There's always the potential about being Sherlocked, right? The idea that, like, oh, Apple's going to write the app that, like, like makes my third-party app useless. But I think, like... You, if you're going into this space and you're thinking I'm going to develop this app that could be Sherlocked, 
like part of being Sherlocked is that your app has more experience in that space and can build more advanced features that Apple like won't build in that caked in like yeah. built in app that people, you know, might use. You know, that's that's why like I mean, I like Overcast. I don't use the podcast app. Like, I'm a big fan of Overcast because it has a lot more features than the podcast app. And, like, yeah. So, like, there's potential there. So, you just have to, like, go into it with the mindset that you have to stay on top of your toes if you're going to not necessarily, like, compete with Apple, but build on top of that what Apple provides. Right, Um, right. You know, that's like getting into the whole App Store competition thing and, like... (laughs) Hey, wait, why did they reject my app all of a sudden kind of thing? But still, um, I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me, which may seem a little odd at first, but was when they were saying about, you know, we have this uh, this audio isolation, which is a, it's great that they can do that because it seems every time I get on a, any kind of conference meeting, um, someone outside suddenly decides it's start, time to start doing the yard, right? It's just a, it's just an inherent thing in nature, apparently. I'm crossing so, my fingers during this recording that doesn't happen. Oh, see? Yeah. So there you go. So maybe we need to come back in the fall and try it again, right? <laughs> um, so that's, that's number one. But something that, you know, it's funny, like now where we're doing this video and that, and I've got my, uh, I've got a mirrorless camera and a low aperture because, you know, photography and I know what that does for me and so on. So the other feature that I really like, and I think will save some people at least some embarrassment, is the portrait mode. The fact that we've okay. got that depth on the camera, we've, we've got all of that depth information and now they can right. use that. Okay, so it's basically using portrait mode on the iPhone camera. So that yes. it can add a uh, bokeh effect, right? Blurs out. That's the how I understand it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that which... makes sense. I mean, I'm not surprised. Oh. Yeah. I mean, no. I'm curious what iPhone model you need for that, or what iPad model. Like, I'd be curious about that because I'm assuming, like, one thing I was surprised by, by the way, I don't know if you've checked this out, but I've, iOS 15 still works on the same devices that ios 14 does oh interesting I so it's i i put all my money on the iphone se first gen not being supported and it's still supported in ios 15 so all those designers out there still have to like support <laughs> that small screen um but like yeah so i'm like curious is does that that's like there's no way that's gonna work on an iphone 6s or an iphone se like Right. The iPhone 7, right, is the first one with dual cameras. So it's like, it's probably limited to certain iPhone models, I would assume, right? Yeah. I'm wondering if they, they're they going to do two modes maybe for that. You'll have the ones that have the hardware support for the really nice, crisp kind of outlining. Right. And then maybe they just have a software mode, like an intelligent software mode, something like that. Right. Like the one that I'm using on the Zoom now, where it just says, "Oh, you know what? The stuff back here is not moving. Right. Let's blur right. it." You yeah, know. that's probably what it is. It's probably like if you have an iPhone 10 and up, you obviously have two dual cameras in front, and we can do it. But if you have an older model with only one front-facing camera, like there's just no way we could do portrait mode. Right. Um, right. Without without like either machine learning or just disabling the feature in general. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so that's FaceTime. Um, the, the surprise one that 
caught me off guard and almost I need to under, work with it a bit more to understand it is this, uh, I don't know if they could, they call it a mode, this focus. Yes, um, that was a big deal. Now, like for me, that's an awesome feature that I've been wanting. It's like actually using it that I'm going to be interested in. And obviously there's, there's some API there for us developers, especially when it comes to notifications as far as like, using it because like i kind of get the idea right there's like okay i'm in a meeting okay certain notifications come in oh i'm doing taking a break okay certain notifications come in i'm working out certain notifications come in like that makes mm-hmm. sense like i kind of get that and i'm I'm curious from our like android friends if they have something like that but like um like it's actual implementation of it that i'm concerned about right because yeah. this all stuff this stuff sounds great and then you use it and it's like uh it's okay, but it's it's a little bit half baked. I think that we have to wait till sixteen or seventeen. But it, no, and like summaries, message statuses, which is very similar to what Slack does, right? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good a good step in the right direction as far as notifications are concerned. Yeah, especially uh, you know, I, for me over the past, gosh, I would say three or four months. I have been turning off more and more notifications. And, oh, yeah. you know, part of my problem there is not ne- necessarily the way the system works, but, you know, Apple had this whole thing about, okay, there are some things you can do with notifications, other things we won't allow. But I would say at least over the last six months, more often than not, notifications I get from third-party apps is essentially I would classify as spam. You know, I'm not going <laughs> right. to name names, but big box store sends you one says, Hey, there's another deal this weekend. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, wait a minute. so as an app developer, notifications are a great way to keep engagement. Right. Um, it's just being able to do that. I did a whole episode with Kaya Thomas. Like she knows, I think she does that stuff. She used to do it with Slack and now she does it with Calm. And like, it's a powerful tool, but it can be misused totally. Um, And I think that's like one of the the scary things about notifications. So hopefully like this focus thing, like, I guess when we talk about that state of the union, like there's a whole scoring system to, to it and all that stuff. Like you just got to be like very careful with that. And you don't, it's like email, right? You don't want to get too spammy with it. Yeah. And and we'll definitely talk about it. Uh, in more details in, in the, like you say, our state of the union uh, overview. And I, I have some thoughts on that. So we'll sort of leave that one there because also <laughs> you don't need me ranting for the next 20 minutes about notifications. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that in my episode. You can rant all you want. <laughs> uh, so I like the, the next big thing that you talked about was intelligence. Um mm-hmm. To me, like the big, the biggest one of those is the live text, like basically OCR stuff. Yep. Yep. Like that's awesome. Like we've heard, I've, I remember, you know, ten years ago playing around with Word Lens. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Word Lens. I, I, like, I remember playing around with something. I don't remember what it, it does. Was like called, it was an AR remember. thing, and then Google bought them, and it's basically like translates text as you bring your phone up to camera oh, to okay. it. Like this is ten years ago, right? 
but now you could like take whiteboard notes and like put it in your notes app and like copy the text. Oh, like, that, to okay. me, that, that is, that is AR like at its finest. Like that yeah. is what AR is supposed to be doing. Um, and yeah, I really like that. That's, that's going to be super useful assuming it works perfectly. Um, and I bet it does. I bet it probably works pretty darn well. It's been around for a while. Um, but that's really cool to see natively in iOS. It, it is huge. I think, because the first thing I thought of was the amount of documents that I take pictures of so that I can store the document away somewhere, but right. I can cool it up. Yeah. So, and, you know, there are third-party apps that, you know, yeah, you can do it and it'll scan it. But again, the fact that it's there in the system and I don't need another app for it and I can just put it uh, in notes or, you know, send it to wherever I want, and it's searchable, fantastic. I mean, yes, you know, others have done it, but the fact that Apple's now doing it with Notes, you know, I feel over the last couple of releases, Notes has become a very serious contender for, yeah. um, you know, data management as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to write the shopping list down quickly. You know, What do you use for your notes mostly? Um, so what I do, I have kind of a convoluted system for something but that we'll talk about later with uh, Mac OS. But, um, okay. you know, I use Dev and Think. I have Dev and Think and everything uh, goes yeah. in there. But I've never, I've, I've always felt that it, it looks, and, and I apologize to the Dev and Think developers, it's a fantastic app that was, has an interface designed by engineers. And so, you know, mm. trying to go in and find something quickly, it's just not a thing that's going to happen. But as far as putting stuff in there and their search uh, and the OCR as well, just works beautifully, but it's way more than you need on a daily note-taking app. I've definitely heard of Devin think. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, and also at this point, it's that thing of kind of the lock-in. I've got so much data in there that the thought of taking yeah. it out and putting it somewhere else is just not going to happen. Yeah. Tell that to Evernote users. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so I use, uh, bear. Uh, oh, I love mm -hmm. bear. Uh, it's super simple. A lot of people are not happy because there isn't a ton of features in it, but I'll say it does what I want. I just want simplicity. Uh, and something that works on all the platforms. Um, yeah, I used Bear for a while because I liked being able to do the very quick markdown. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of markdown for everything. Um, and then, but then, like going back to compatibility issues, like I end up using Google Docs, like we're doing right now for this episode, and um, and because it works for everybody, and like it just works, um, and it's compatible. So yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, 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 it's all about and it, and actually that's that's the other key thing here, especially uh, I think it's only on the iPad version uh, of uh, iPad OS fifteen is the now globally accessible uh, note taking, call it inbox, whatever you want to call it, but the fact that I can just quickly create quick a note, any yep. yeah, quick notes or whatever they call it, yeah, I yeah, quick notes, yeah. that was it, yeah. yeah. So the fact that that's there now means that I can turn around and say, okay, I can, I can try this again, you know. Was there anything else on the iPhone you wanted to talk about? One feature that I'm thinking um, really applies to the iPhone more than anything would be the changes to wallet, just because I, I don't think I, you know, ever used it on my iPad, even though it's there. But one note that I 
one thing I've always kind of said is wallet's great, but I still don't got to carry cards and things around with me, my driver's mm. ID and all those kind of stuff. It doesn't do away with conventional wallets, right? Or purses. So do you think like Texas is going to have driver's licenses? And well, Apple that's, wallet? see, that's the catch because right. that's what I caught was at first I was like, hooray, it's going to take my driver's ID. And then they said in qualifying states, you know. Because right, it's up to the states to decide, right? Exactly. And so then I thought, okay, I know how this is going to play out. You know, I'm still <laughs> stuck with it. <laughs> We're not so, going to let Apple have our driver's license. Heck no. Yeah. Privacy. Yeah, I'm afraid of that too. Um, well, I, have a, I have a wallet case, so I don't... I have like my two cards that I use all the time and I'm good enough. Um, I am impressed by how much like Apple pay has been taken, like especially Mm -hmm. in the last year. And I love Apple pay. So um, I don't know. Um, I think, you know, give it anywhere, depending on what state it could take anywhere between a year to like five years. But I think it's, it's going to be headed in that direction, whether, you know, they like it or not. So yeah, it has I'm to, still surprised at how much I can do online with my state. So, um, you know, it, it'll happen. It's going to go in that direction. Before we jump on to iPad, one thing I did want to mention, and I was playing around with the developer app. There's, we do know what happened with build buddy, which we'll get into much later, but we don't know what happened with dark sky. Um, which I was really surprised. Like, and I'm looking through Dub Dub. I'm looking through the developer app, and I don't see anything about weather APIs uh, or weather API uh, presentations, unless they've somehow put it in something else. Um, yeah, because they definitely revealed like all this crazy map stuff with like oh precipitation numbers and all that, but nothing about like new APIs with weather. So I'm really curious what the deal with that is. If that's maybe. Like people were like really disappointed in Bill Buddy not going anywhere, which obviously we know it did. Um, yeah. But like we uh, like, I assume maybe like next year we might get a decent weather API for iOS. I don't know. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because that was that was kind. Of, I was kind of expecting something, but I guess it's kind of too soon. Whatever six months or whatever it's been since I bought Dark Sky. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is an interesting gap, though, like you say, especially in a year where they're saying about all of these right. APIs. Um, but then I, if I think about it like Apple does sometimes, is, okay, we got the most awesome weather app now, and right. so we want you to use ours, not use somebody else's or all this amazing data that we have, so we won't give you public APIs to do it, and you'll have to use kind of the Apple's weather slash dark skies which is perfectly fine i love the weather app um but it is an interesting gap yeah same here yeah for apis it is an interesting gap right sometimes that not giving it to you tells you more than when they give you these apis right right yeah i i think yeah i kind of think with like with a lot of these uh what do you call it like um acquisitions you know where apple buys somebody and then they bring the api in um you know i think the shortcut slash workflow thing is kind of an exception because that was fairly quick that was like six months or nine months and then the next thing we know we had a shortcuts app right um but i think with something like build buddy i think that's a lot more of the norm where it's kind of going to take a while for them to like 
Okay, we're going to give you a weather app, and then next year it's like, by the way, you can build weather extensions or whatever it is. You can have weather emojis, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it's going to be in 2022. And uh, oh, I, You so, know what? Yeah. That's your next app right there, a weather emoji. I love weather that. Weather emojis, yeah. Yeah. A cloud with faces. I like that, yeah. I, I um, would totally like so that way because the amount of time someone's what's the weather like if i can one click answer that question i'm buying your app right because <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired of it. it's slightly stormy getting dark with wind coming in from the south if i can three emoji that i'm buying it <laughs> yeah so i think um going into this year like to me the big thing i was expecting was big ipad changes Mm-hmm. And I kind of think we got that. Uh, I will find out after we're done talking because I just finished installing iOS 15 on my iPad. Um, okay. But it was, it seemed like a lot more subtle. It was like, this is groundbreaking. Like this is going to change everything. It's like, by the way, we added a little bar to the top. So now you actually know what the heck is going on when you want to have two apps on the screen. <laughs> Cause that's like the biggest problem with the iPad. We talk about multitasking. Yep. Some people are like, Oh, I want Mac OS on the iPad. Please don't do that. You know? And then it's like, no, we're going to make a small step here. Let's just introduce a little bar at the top. So you know how to drag things around. I assume that's going to be the case. I'll find out in a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's my general impression with the iPad. Cause like that my the reason I was expecting this is we got M one on the iPad pro. I'm like, okay, now mm-hmm. like they're going to have to really make the, make it worthwhile because I like my Mac- MacBook air with my M one. And I don't know why I'd ever want to buy an iPad pro when my Mac can do more than that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's one thing that will sort of dangle the carrot and everyone's going to have to tune in for the State of the Union one when we deep dive into it about what changes have happened and what may or may not be taken advantage of the M1. But I will say that the multitasking on the iPad, this new system from the brief amount of information we have right now, feels better because I almost, you know, I use my iPad most of the time with, you know, the the super expensive keyboard with the touchpad because... What kind of iPad do you have? I have the iPad 12 uh, Pro. So this is the last year's model. I don't have the new M1. And that's something we'll talk about because I really don't know. But that's the... So I've got last year's one. And um, when I put that sort of dock it into the keyboard with the touchpad, it feels a lot more computer-like except for the multitasking. But mm-hmm. I think these multitasking changes, if they work like the way they feel they're going to, they'll be feel very comfortable with a, you know, a little track tap pad um, plus the on-screen right. controls because I'll, I'll be doing like I am on my Mac. I won't be leaving the keyboard. Now, the question with it is, though, I'm still at the end of the day left with the possibility of, you know, three apps, right? A side-by-side plus my overlay. And for serious power users, I always, you know, I do that for a little bit and then going back to my Mac, right? Um, Yeah. Like, there's this whole idea of, like, a shelf. Like, I'm really curious about that. If you can, like, like, drag. So, like, 
<clears throat> on the Mac, you have the dock at the bottom and I can like drag a document to an app yep. and it like knows what to do. Is that like what they're talking about? Well, so just like, I'll just say on my brief playing around with iOS 15 on the iPad, I do like, so they add like an ellipsis to the top of every app. And from there you can like tap on it and say split screen, not split screen or drag it wherever you want. Um, which I think is like a good step towards yeah. like figuring out how to arrange windows. Um, and so like, do they have more than that where they have like the shelf or dock where you can like drag stuff to other apps? Cause that's to me, like the biggest problem is like the copy paste and like dragging files over like drag, dr drag and drop was like great, but it wasn't enough for what people do. Right. Right. And I don't know that it really helps with the drag and drop, um, you know, other than you can drag and drop between what you've got on the screen. It will be interesting if, like you say, even something as simple as if I select some text, drag it down to one of those little, you know, windows on the dock, does it right. multitask me over and then I can drop it? Because if it does, fantastic. Right. But what I, right. So what I understand, and, and this is the interesting part here, is that bar across the bottom from what I've seen is essentially thumbnails of each of my views, Right. So let's okay. say I've got two split views, right? So I've got a notepad, email, and in another one I've got a web browser and a Word document or something that I would get right. two at the bottom and I can tap one. So instead of just doing that four-finger swipe, it just switches between them for me, which if that's all that does, doesn't really feel all that helpful. Now, the right. one thing I did like, though, that I assume the current iOS doesn't do it because I've never tried to do it because it would be awesome if it did is when you're in that exposed mode, you know, where you swipe up to see all the apps, you can drag one app icon onto another one. And that essentially tells you, make this a split view with the two. Oh, okay. So that that's sense. fantastic because the amount of right. times I've got one app open and then I'm like, Oh, I got to go find the other one. And at the moment, if it's not on that dock at the bottom, well, I can't drag it up and then release it. So that will be interesting. That That's a test you should play around with. That that would really help the multitasking. But I don't feel, I feel as, as whilst we're constrained to this view system of this one or two views, um, I'm never going to be able to really multitask like I do on a normal machine. And there's no command line. Sorry, saying like that's the other thing. There's no command line. Like I do a lot. I'm surprised at how much I do on the command line to to do stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't like. I don't agree when people say, "Oh, I wish we brought Mac OS to the iPad." Like I don't want that either. Like I like the iPad for what it is. Like I'd like yep. the simplicity of it. And I just I don't know. I'm not paid enough to figure out. Okay, how do I design this UI for iPad OS so it's simple? but powerful and like, like it's really an OS built for like iPhones. Like it's, that's the other issue, right? So it's like, how do I slowly make that incremental step in iPad OS to where it's like, yeah. not quite as useful as Mac OS, but like, like 80% of the way there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and keep it secure and stuff. I think that, you know, like last year and then the stuff that here is this year, iPad OS is, definitely moving in the right direction. What I'm now starting to wonder is when you think about this multitasking with the two windows now, 
Are we going to see the opposite? And are we going to see things like this, being able to click something, get the window? Maybe that's going to go more towards them going on the Mac as opposed to the Mac going on the iPad. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because I use yeah, a totally, third party. Especially with Big Sur, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I use a third-party app um, with some keyboard shortcuts to sort of, you know, do that thing with the windows and position them. Right. But if I, you know, and I know that on Big Sur, you've got that little one where I, I think, let me check here. I think it's, you hover over the green and yeah, you can do the left and right and that. So it feels like yep. maybe it's more going in the other direction. But right. I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to and what I've come to accept is, you know, the iPad probably will never end up being a quote unquote Mac-like machine and vice versa. Right. And you're either one or the other, or you're both. But you're not going to have that perfect union at least anytime soon. But I'm also okay with that because part of the reason I say that is when I thought about replacing my Mac this, uh, my iPad this year because of the M1, when I stopped and rationally thought about it, I thought, you know what? I could get an awful lot more done and for a lot less money if I got uh, a, you know, a MacBook Mac. Air instead. Right. Right. And I can't, yeah. I can't stop thinking about it that way, you know. Right. And it's the apps that are the problem. Not that the iPad apps are a problem; they do their thing beautifully. But I'm also old school, and as a power user, I'm used to a million windows, and I'm never going to escape. I'm curious if it's going to be a generational thing too. Like, is somebody who's 20 years younger than us going to be like? Oh yeah, I can do everything I want with an iPad. I can't believe people use punch cards and like, <laughs> like had to roll tape and do all this stuff and like yeah. load eight X asterisk eight one or whatever when they wanted to like run a program. It's like so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting I, to see because there's certain things like as power users that we kind of want that haven't gone away, like keyboards or or command lines and things like that. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting think- to see. I think you're right, though, because part of, you know, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head there. When you think about a lot of the features for all of the platforms this year, they feel, I, I was thinking to myself, they feel very much like they're for the current generation and not really for my generation because it's more, really? and I don't want to underplay what the importance of them, but they're a bit more sort of, uh, Foo-foo-y than actual huge benefits production-wise, you know? Like I feel like it was less th- this year than it usually is. You think so? So that's funny yeah. you think that. Yeah. Like, I feel like you have your, like, Clips app, or you'll have, like, all these message extensions that feel very much like, oh, we saw it in Snapchat, so let's just copy it. Like, I feel like there was less of that this year. Uh, if anything, I feel like the thing they leaned on is uh, privacy for for good obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, And I feel like that's kind of what they really lean into to kind of like talk about, which I guess we can get into if you want to, but like the whole mail thing. uh, Yeah. Like the fact that you, you can like, I, I run a mail mailing list, right? I email people through MailChimp and like, I kind of have trust those numbers because of like, especially if my audience is developers, they know how to like remove that stuff. But now it's mm-hmm. like even more people are going to be able to remove that tracking stuff in their mail app. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then the, the other thing was, uh, well, I mean, we can, 
jump ahead a little bit, but Siri, uh, so Siri never leaves the device, which I had originally thought until we found out it didn't, uh, through a leak or whatever. Um, but not only that, but now Siri can be on third party devices. Um, you saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting because, you know, at first kind of the, the humorous sort of dry English humor in me said, yeah, Siri on the device. That's probably why it's so bad. It needs a bigger computer behind it, right? But then as I right. thought about it and opening it up for third party but staying on the device, I thought, yeah, you know, that's the perfect privacy way to do this and still take advantage of it. Um, and Siri, you know, more often than not works good for me, but there are those days when... You know, it's like, okay, Siri, one of us may have had a couple of drinks last night, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't me, you know. Um, right. But opening it up so to like, third party is definitely going to be – it It was a shot across the bow this year for those companies who deal in selling the data, right? Let's, let's call it right. what it is. Because you're quite right about, like, even the Mal with the, you know, the, the, the uh, hidden pixel or whatever it was they call it that we all know about. Right. Um, right. Same thing, right? I have a Mailchimp list for Compile Swift, um, and not that I obsess about the numbers, but it's always nice to know, like, okay, majority of people opened it. Well, if you don't know right. that people are even opening it from a business standpoint, you've got to look at it and say, okay, I don't know anymore, and if nobody gets back to me, should I be spending the X amount of hours this week that I right. spent on? Right. I kind of like, that's why I don't like getting into marketing, but like, that's why I kind of half trust him. It's like, I don't care so much if people may or may not open or read it. It's the engagement part. And if I'm not getting that, then that's really where the problem is. And that's all a long-term thing. Right. So like, like sometimes I feel like those numbers are more used for people to justify their jobs than there are to like really help like grow your business so yeah I, i'm a little bit like uh, it's not the end of the world for for me because of this right um and it's just something i have to take in because i've seen a lot of people who are like yeah i don't even use mailchimp anymore because it's not worth it for me to like like have all this tracking stuff like i just want to email my folks and let them know what's going on and mm-hmm. like you know great that's yeah. it that's what's important it's not about like oh did i have to a b test my uh my my subject line and all that all that junk um that yeah. i don't think is necessarily worth your worth your time until you get really really big enough yeah um yeah i wish you know i, I think like sometimes i think like with, with all the stuff that i do sort of which of which all of my stuff is on the side is yeah i wish it was big enough that somehow i would you know these would be important numbers for me i'm always right. happy when it's like great one person did something fantastic, you know. Um, yep. It's kind of like the yep. podcast downloads, right? You never know. It's like, yeah, but if a hundred people download it, does that mean a hundred people listen, listen to it? it? No, we know it right. doesn't. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just a rough guesstimate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, interesting. Uh, another character dangle for people when we get to the State of the Union and talking about the App Store about the AB testing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is really yeah. cool. Um, that, yeah. uh, that's a massive, that was one of the things that I thought, whoa, that's a massive thing. Yeah. yeah Cause um, you know, I've talked to Ariel uh, Michelli from app figures, like how do you AB test that stuff? And like, 
they're like, oh, you set up, there's like what pages you can set up where it kind of like creates what looks like on the actual app store. But now you can actually do AB testing yeah. on the app store. And to me, that's like super powerful because that's something I've always wanted um, is to test yeah. that stuff out. Yeah. I hope, um, I just hope that it doesn't break, you know, the app connect because some days that thing is very fragile, even with what it has now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Totally. Um, so speaking of pirate privacy, you want to talk about iCloud plus? This confuses me a little bit because <laughs> I liked what I heard, but I was left confused by the fact that they said, well, it won't cost any more than it does now uh, while you're using iCloud Plus. And I was like, well, uh, wait a minute, I'm not using, I'm using iCloud, <laughs> but not iCloud Plus. So unless you're going to give me iCloud Plus for free, it's going to cost me something. You know, right. and, and Apple, it's always, it's going to cost me something, you know. Right, right. Um, do you think it's like a, so you think it's a service you pay on top of? You think oh, it's, it's like part something of the subscription for that Apple right. One or whatever they call it. Yeah, so I got Apple One this year because we were just using so much stuff. It was like worth it for me. Um, is, it a, is it a VPN? Like, is that basically what it is? Feels like it, doesn't it? Because they're yeah. saying about go well, it goes through two different you know servers, um, right. and I was like, yeah, it sure feels like a VPN. And then they was you know because at first I thought okay, but someone's still seeing that data, and then they did say we can't figure out the data. And I was like, right. okay, I believe you, you know, but right. I'm still it, it, whether I'm using my existing VPN with somebody else or some something. And now I'm going to be using this one. And then I thought the next logical thing was, well, what if I've got a company VPN? I'm going to have to make sure I'm not on this other one because you can never use two VPNs successfully, you know. Right, right. But that right. is, to me, they're saying VPN without saying VPN, if I'm understanding. Yeah. And this, you know, it's an interesting trend this year where, like, I think, was it was the first time you were on my show? I talked about how like Apple's into services, services, but it's like now they're like doing more like actual IT services this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including the other thing we'll talk about in the, in the, in the state of the union. Um, yeah. But like this too feels like another like services thing that's like more IT related and not just, hey, look, we have foundation from Isaac Asimov. You know, yeah. it's like. <laughs> It's like actual services, kind of like what Amazon does. You know, speaking of which, uh, you know, I have uh, Echo Beat, just like what they showed off. Okay. Uh, the kids love talking to Alexa on that thing. Okay. I, I I will see how they like talking to Siri on that thing, uh, <laughs> because it usually it's a pretty strong competitor to the brand new HomePod Mini I bought last year. So um, oh. now we'll have two Siri devices in the living room. So that'll be really interesting because it definitely looks like they really are doing like actual services and not just buying a bunch of Hollywood movies and, and stuff like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, it's it's funny you say it because, you know, I was thinking to myself, maybe when, you know, when Apple changed its name, altered its name, and they said, well, you know, we're more than a computing company anymore. And I'm today I'm thinking, well, you're, you're sure increasing the amount of computing things that you're offering. Maybe right. you're a little too early. So um, I don't have a lot to say about health and watch OS. I'm a big fan of watch OS. 
It did not feel like a watch OS year, and it has not been a watch OS year for quite a while. I feel like I'm going to anger some people by saying it, but it was a very quiet watch OS year. But yeah. let's be honest, until there's until they can make big leaps in what the hardware can do, whatever that may yeah. be, there's not really so far for them to go because they're limited by what they can offer on it. And that's right. not to say that the things that they're putting on there aren't important, but, you know, like, for example, uh, you know, myself being, you know, diabetic, uh, the next one, the, the first one that comes out that, that can read my blood glucose, buying it, end of story. <laughs> you know, but until they yeah. can make the hardware for that, there's not right. going to be the and they leak. get the and they get the approval. Let's not forget that. Yes, yep, yep. So, you know, the watch OS this year, yeah, it's more of a hey, we keep continuing to tweak things. Almost, and this is part of Apple's situation. I think now is even when you don't have something, you got to release a new version of every platform every year because you kind of set yourself up that way. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do want to mention, something was some operating, certain operating system was not mentioned at all at the keynote. As far as I had heard, tvOS was not mentioned at all. It's funny you mentioned that as I'm looking at the notes and I was, I, you know, when I was rewatching like, the keynote, I thought I missed something because. Yeah. Okay. So there's like, yeah, let me just look. I'm just looking at the the developer app. There is um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, yeah, just like only four videos for TVOS, four four to eight videos. Like mm. it's not, it's not a lot. And I feel like they kind of blew it. Like like they not blew it all. They they like did everything with the new Apple TV a couple of months ago. And like, that's, that was the big thing. And then now it's like, okay, you know, just keep watching your movies. There's not going to be a lot of big, big stuff out of TV OS. So, yeah. so say what you will about watch OS TV OS is definitely not a TV OS right. until they turn it into a gaming console. So, well, you know, I was going to uh, say what that suggests to me is, Hey, next, you know, we're working on something and then yeah. next year, it's going to be too. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Mac OS. Uh, right. What's your thoughts on Mac OS so, Monterey? Which, by the way, I made the big mistake. Why I was late was because I was installing Mac OS Monterey. Uh, you couldn't resist, could so, you? <laughs> no, I couldn't resist. I have my SSD I use for video editing, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to install it on there. How long is it yep. going to take? Uh -huh. So, yeah. Th that, that's uh, what this one is right here. Last year, this little SSD. Yeah, that's a great model. That's yeah. a great model. Yeah. yeah I this have the was, same one. This I was a... Big Sur until the release last year. So this year it's going to be Monterey. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think I horked my I iCloud account. But anyways, you know, <laughs> nobody's perfect. Uh, so what's your thoughts on Monterey? I feel, you know, macOS is uh, mature for the most part. And, you know, whilst it doesn't feel like a big the year this year um i mean last year was huge it's the first time they met from 10 to 11 like that's that in 20 years i as i've said before is i don't want a huge year every year i want a huge year right. bug fix so on and so on right but that said the one thing that we got which is going to make me happy and give me an excuse to dive into it more uh 
shortcuts, shortcuts on yeah. the Mac because yeah. I've, I use it on my um, iPad I, and I've, I struggle with it. I was a workflow user, but I struggle with it not because it's limited in what it can do or, you know, things like that, but because I can only do so many things on the iPad with it. And then when I go back to my Mac, like, for example, every time I ship a uh, episode of the podcast, I use Zapier to do all the things I need it to do. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So now if I can translate that into, sh- into the shortcuts app, you know, even silly things like I have, um, I use keyboard maestro. And so when I'm doing it, like setting up for uh, a podcast, I have a shortcut that I run a keyboard shortcut and it opens up all the apps that I need and lays them out and things like that. Well, you know, it's like, I could do this with Automator. I could do it with Apple Script, but I don't want to have to hassle with it. But if now that I can write a shortcut on either platform or even better, write it on my Mac and then move it over to my iPad, for me, that's huge. That, that yeah. the ability to do that. I feel sad though, because, you know, I mean, we've had Automator forever and it's so, you know, so beloved by so many people. And they clearly said this year, it, as plain as day they said it, shortcuts is the future of future of automation. I think I think the writing's been on the wall for quite a while as far as Automator is concerned. And I say that because somebody who's built an app using Automator, it's like the support from Apple has been like pretty dismal. Um, and so, I, like, I think the shortcuts on the Mac is pretty much like I was just kind of waiting for it because you knew that they were going to bring something to the Mac that would replace Automator. And I, I'm not surprised at all by this. Yeah. Um, and I'm, what I'm curious about is, like, is there an API for it? Like, kind of like Apple yeah. Script where you can just, like, can you build stuff around it and, like, talk to other apps? Because um, that would be the thing for me is, like, yeah. Um, whether, whether yeah, and it also that. for me, I, I guess it would be. Would that be through Siri Kit? Is that how that works? Uh, I'm just trying to. Well, look. when they because they always talk about it through Siri, but I don't feel it should be so connected that it can operate independently. Uh, because, but I think like Siri Kit, um, I think Siri Kit is where you set up shortcuts in your app. I believe that's the case. Well, that's where you. Yeah, yeah. that's where you can have the triggers. But as far okay. as actually creating them, you know, that would be the separate shortcuts app. And they, they badly named given both of them the same name just was a mistake. Um, yeah. But the other part here, too, is the right in line with what you're saying is, okay, but what about the sandbox? Right? Because we're used right. to on the Mac having a bit more of a free sandbox. But also with the documentation, this will be interesting how you're saying about whether I can tap into the APIs in there, I'm hoping there will also be something that says, hey, you're my Mac app. I can expose APIs to shortcuts and bring it in that way, right? Like I can think of a few examples. I have my own blogging application that I wrote that just kicks out a markdown document at the end of it. But Mm -hmm. if I could be operating in other things in Mac OS and then send it, my app via a shortcut or something like that that would be fantastic yeah yeah no totally i agree completely yeah i don't see yeah. any like api for the mac as far as like, yeah i think that which is unfortunate. I think they're being a bit cagey maybe you know when sometimes it's like 
hmm, maybe it's too early and they haven't really figured out what they want to do with right. it yet. Right. Yeah. But what yeah, do you exactly. think of Mac exactly. OS this year? So I like that. I think that's cool. And then the other thing I like is universal control. Um, yeah. I've been using Sidecar a ton, but it would be cool to try out uh, universal control as an alter- alternative, essentially, because I do think like there's there's things that I would do more on iPad OS because all I really use it like the extra screen for is the browser and stuff. But yep. it, it, it's cool. It's very cool. And I, I'm, I'm going to be curious to try that out once I put Monterey on my iPad uh, or my MacBook Air. So, um, yeah, I don't know, uh, that, and I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad it's not a big thing because, um, I want, like, I just want, just fix the bugs, please just fix the bugs. So it works smoothly and things don't crash. That's all I care about. Yeah. 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 When I saw, when they were showing, you know, this, uh, universal control and, you know, they put the iPad next to the computer and immediately I was thinking, Okay, this doesn't feel any different than the sidecar and the way we do it now. Um, but then when they had the three and they drag, assuming that it works like they say, right. and they dragged from the iPad through, you know, quote unquote, through a Mac to another Mac, that's when I thought, all right, that's a little more special, you know. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about? Uh, another old man Peter thing, or maybe you want to bring it up on my podcast app library on the iPad. Yeah, the app library. That I think if I shall I get my ranting out of the way here, and then we'll leave it at that, right? So, okay. so app library. <laughs> you don't like the app library. I do not like the app library. I didn't like it Interesting. when I okay. saw the demo last year. Don't like it now. And I think what it is, when I'm swiping across on my iPhone, right, especially when I'm in the car or something like that, you know, the way I do it on my iPhone is, uh, and we'll talk about some of this in the State of the Union too, I have a page of widgets and then two pages of apps. So I know that if I just keep swiping all the way across, that on the last tab is like the Apple apps for system, uh, time, you know, the settings, all that kind of stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. It's so easy to go one extra and I've got the app library and I've never, ever used the app library and I just want to turn that thing off. To me, it's like the dashboard that we used to have on the Mac for those of us that ever lived through that. Oh, I just, come on. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Well, it's not. No, it's not that bad. No. But um, I just I just don't want it. You know, if I like the app library because I like a place to dump apps that I want to use, but I don't want to share. I like the, the idea of it. Yes, I definitely like the idea of I want this. And I app. never, I never go to the app library. Like I go to a spotlight, I search for the app. Exactly. I never go to the app library. Um, but like, if that means that there's a place to dump apps that I don't like want to see, but apps that I want to hide, then like I'm fine with it, I guess. Because I hardly ever go to the app library. Well, no, see, I only go there when I go there by mistake. So when they said oh, it was on the gotcha. iPad, I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, and, and it's a silly little thing, but it's just that thing of when I'm in a hurry or something or I'm not looking at the screen, I know if I just keep swiping to, to the end, I'm going to get to my last screen. Well, now I'm not going to do that. I'm going to end up with the app library and I'll have to go back one, you know. And it's a silly thing. I know it is. It's old man Peter, but 
it's just one of those things of, you know, I've never used this. I don't want it. Let me turn it off. I always find things through Spotlight. No other way. Please just let me turn it on. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot in this episode for the keynote, but it's there's always a lot to talk about with Apple. Leo, thank you so much for being the first guest on Compile Swift. It truly has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you, you are most welcome. So uh, for Compile Swift users, uh, what you're going to want to do now is to really deep dive into a lot of the things that we've spoken about here. Uh, you're going to want to jump over to Leo's podcast and uh, where we're going to talk about the State of the Union. So Leo, tell them how they can, can find the podcast. I will give you the link uh, for empowerapps.show is the URL to the podcast. And I will also will post a link in the show notes to uh, our episode, which will uh, should hopefully be released pretty soon, if not already by the time we've uh, published this. So, yep. All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you, everybody. We will see you in the next one. It's the beginning of a, what I'm certain is going to be a very busy week. Uh, uh, that's it. So we'll uh, we'll see you in the State of the Union on Empower Apps. We'll be, and I'll speak to you uh, next week. Take care of yourselves. Hope that code compiles swiftly. All right, I'll. Uh, and I'm going to end the audio recording. Yeah, I was going to say I'm going to stop the recording here, and then we'll start another one. And it gives me a chance to just go back, check that one just quickly. Yeah, as I was watching the State of the 